Welcome back to another episode of Talking Classical with me, Annabelle. I was very pleased a few weeks ago to meet Claire from the international award-winning British vocal ensemble Apollo 5. And the ensemble has a new album, O Radiant Dawn, which is released today on VCM Records. Go and buy the album, listen to the album and please support this wonderful record. It really has a broad palette of music from Bird, you've got Perrotin, Monteverdi, you've got James Macmillan, Schumann and Finzi. It's an album that explores the human condition through birth, love, struggle and reflection. There are also some special commissions on the album. This release supports Apollo 5's ongoing worldwide touring schedule of versatile and engaging performances, singing classical choral repertoire from the Renaissance through to contemporary works alongside pop, jazz, folk and spiritual arrangements. Apollo 5 is also part of the VCM Foundation and leads its innovative education programme aiming to inspire creativity through music. I was really pleased to be able to meet up with Claire at the VCM Foundation's home at the Gresham Centre in the beautiful St Anne and Agnes Church in London. We talk about the album as well as Apollo 5's extensive educational and outreach work and also Claire's interests and background as a singer. You're also going to get a little bit of an insight into the rehearsal and performance process of an a cappella vocal ensemble. A big thank you to George Percy at Wildcat PR for arranging this interview and to Claire for very kindly talking to me. Enjoy listening to this lovely 30-minute interview with Claire from Apollo 5. On the press release, it said um, that the album had this narrative of the human condition, birth, death, life human struggle was that a very conscious decision um did you want to make a a concept album I suppose I would I would say it's probably not necessarily a concept album we kind of wanted to present something that really did reflect um our kind of live performance experience for an audience yeah so uh, that sort of journey um is is what we try to achieve in the in the live performances so that was really where we were coming from okay the idea for the album and i would imagine also that when you are performing these works live i know that you said you wanted to try and replicate the live performance in your recording but maybe it's a little bit of a different experience as well because you haven't got the audience to feed off and then um, you've got all the studio production as well which I must say the production is very polished on this album. Yeah, so. I'm very pleased with yes, how it's, how it's yes. turned out. Well yes you're right obviously it's uh, it is a different experience you don't have the visual aspect of the performance which is really important to us um, but we we are lucky in that you've mentioned we had a great production team uh, Dave Roll um, and Will Brown, and then uh, Barnaby Smith, who helped um, with the post-production of it. But we also have this amazing venue here, Russian yes. Centre. With uh, that amazing acoustic. The acoustic, just... <laughs> the acoustic <laughs> yes. um, really kind of helps to, helped us in the uh, recording process to create that sense of atmosphere. So, And I think also when you're working in an acoustic like that, 
You can get away with quite a lot, can't you? <laughs> you can do, but not when there are two people with headphones on. In it. They can do all the mastering and stuff. They can, you know, turn a, a dial and They're a pretty hard and... taskmasters in there. Oh, really? That's interesting. <laughs> no, it's, we're quite used to this lovely acoustic, and it really does support singing. Um, but we also, we're also we also used to performing in lots of different venues. So, yeah. in fact, where we're sitting right now, we, we often conduct some of our rehearsals in here because ah, it's, okay. it's very true. <laughs> so you can't really hide behind anything uh, in here. And it helps us to... We're, we're really focused on um, really working hard to get the tuning, the intonation, the, yes. the, everything kind of really as tight as we can. Yes. So... Can you tell me a little bit more about your rehearsal process and how often do you rehearse and what does a typical rehearsal look like? Sure. Um, well, it depends. How often we, we rehearse depends on whether we're preparing particular projects. To prepare for the O Radiant Dawn concert programme, which we are currently touring and we have uh, a lot of uh, dates in the diary to, to promote the album with this um uh, the same titled um, concert program. So pre- preparing for that, um, we we actually work fairly closely with some of our um, arrangers and composers. Mm-hmm. So um, we have we have a couple who we're really very closely tied in with, and they uh, Paul Smith and uh, Fraser Wilson. Yes. We actually quite get, get quite a lot of support from them. They um, sometimes come and sit and listen in our rehearsal because with five people it's quite difficult to to actually listen to the sound because if you step out then you lose one of the parts um, oh, so if you okay. step out to listen to what's going on then you you know you're losing a you're losing part so mm-hmm. it's often really helpful for us to have kind of pair ex, extra pair of ears yes um, and uh, you know a pair of ears that we kind of trust really well yes. and know well so that's it's really nice when we get the opportunity to have um, Fraser or Paul come and help us with our rehearsal. Yes. Yeah. Did they help you um, with the other tracks on the album as well as their commissions? Yeah. So um, Paul, he's he's involved with our foundation. He's actually the CEO of our education foundation. Yes. Um, and he, uh, yeah, he's he helped us um, prepare for the recording of the of the album. And um, I think it really does help when when you really trust somebody who's you know giving you feedback. Um, mm. So yeah, he was he was very helpful. Mm. And was was the goal always to sing a cappella music? For me personally, um, uh, I grew up. Um, singing in lots of different kinds of choirs um, and I really just I really enjoy uh, the feeling you get when you're when you're creating harmony with other other people mm-hmm. there's a real kind of connection um, when you can create something um, that sounds great so mm-hmm. I would recommend acapella singing to everyone and yeah. um, part of what we do is is encouraging people to get into singing and explore yes. their own creativity through singing in choirs. Yes, and you do that very much with the uh, the VCM Foundation as well. I That's know true. that Apollo 5 is very much involved with a lot of educational and outreach. Can you tell me a little bit more about the projects that you're involved in? Yeah, well, well it's been it's been a hugely important aspect of our work since we began the ensemble. Um, 
And so what we want to be doing is wherever we go to perform, we, we try to set up workshops or masterclasses or even longer term projects um, with local schools or community groups, mm -hmm. um, people of all ages really, just to, to pass on the benefits that we've had growing up, uh, amazing teachers or amazing musical experiences. We were very lucky to be able to, to find those in our um, background, our um, youth. So we want to be able to pass that on to another generation. Yes, yes. So I know that you work with school children. You also work in prisons. We have to, yeah, we have done um, some some work uh, in in collaboration with uh, the management consultancy. Oh yes, um, yes, that's very big now, isn't it? Yeah, we've 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 done some work with actual um, the people who are incarcerated in prisons and also young offenders institutions, but yes. also the management team. Yes, and uh, sort of using music as a tool to to help them address kind of difficult issues that they might be having, or kind of change, conflict yeah, <laughs> conflict and 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 change. Um, so that's really interesting work um, when we get the opportunity to do that. Mm. So, what's it like working with those managerial staff then, working in that business context? Well, it's actually really interesting to see the parallels and the similarities with okay. actually working in an ensemble like Apollo Five. Um, in a manage in a senior management team, it's often a very small group of people, and they okay. all and and really the key is communication. Mm -hmm. And in our ensemble, communication really is the key in terms of actually delivering a great performance, but also then the preparation that goes into it. Um, if we don't, if you don't um, develop uh, a way of communicating which is kind of open, then it's really difficult to create something amazing together. Yes. And I think, I mean, those are sort of similar. You can see parallels in from that to small management teams in, in big businesses or or in, in prisons, for example. There, there are a lot of similarities, even mm -hmm. though they might not seem to be. Yes. And how do they respond when you ask them to to sing or <laughs> conduct? Um, I imagine maybe some of them are very outgoing. Maybe some of them are a little bit more reserved. Yes, yeah, it's, it, it's it's interesting. I, there's often there's often a initial reticence or okay or I I think you know singing is such a personal thing yeah it's fear of some, doing something new yes, exactly. or something you don't particularly feel in control of so there's initial there's an initial feeling of that but when I think when you do these sort of training events you're expecting a level of <laughs> having to put yourself out of your comfort zone and knowing actually knowing that that's a good thing it's probably beneficial and I guess that um, the managerial staff get told in advance about these workshops so that they can cite themselves. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm sure. I'm sure. No, it, it's usually a positive thing. Um, and people tend to just have come out of their shells a bit. Yes. Um, and actually, sometimes they surprise themselves when they're given the opportunity to conduct something or yes. lead something. They do. They do sometimes surprise yes. themselves. <laughs> So do you think it's possible to teach anyone to sing then? Well, I, th I think so. I, I really do think so. I think um, if you start with the sort of simple basic tools, yes. um, everybody has those. 
and yes. um, so I think it's possible to nurture and develop singing um, for anyone and um, throughout the process of um, developing our, our education program we've actually come up come up with a very simple set of tools that um, anyone anyone can do to encourage others to start singing it's called the Voce State method um, oh, and yes. it's it sort of uses very simple rhythms and melodies to very quickly build layers of music so that you can get um, a group of either children or adults um, making music together almost immediately. Mm. So it's it's a device to be used by people who are not necessarily musical experts, but who want to lead some music making. Mm-hmm. When I was at school, I had some quite bad experiences of oh, no. singing in oh, choirs no. because they just sorry. they just put you on the spot and they just be like, sing now. And <laughs> that's that's, fair, that sort it? of approach <laughs> isn't very encouraging. So I think maybe the 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 way that people teach singing now i think maybe it's changed quite a lot and your method the voce method well we think that the safety in numbers if you're in a choir so um you shouldn't be made to put be put on the spot <laughs> if, if you don't want to be so actually singing that's that's one of the benefits of being in a, in a choir and you know a large choir you there are there's safety in numbers you 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 have a team and you each support one another so yes um hopefully you don't you don't feel put on the spot yes and also everyone's in the same boat as well and actually you know everybody's um striving for the same the same goal mm. aren't they yeah so. so everyone wants to do their best um yes it's an uplifting thing yeah to sing and to sing with other people so. yes yes and do you um do you explore technique as well in your singing workshops as well mm-hmm. well Yes, we we do address technique. Um, we we do we do a very wide range of different kinds of things in our workshops or masterclasses or longer term projects. We do we we sort of help develop musical skills, so technique, um, notation, learning, um, at various levels. But then also we work on teamwork and leadership. Oh, of course, yes, yes. We, we have a young leaders program which um, enables. Uh, keen teenagers usually but sometimes younger um not they're not necessarily the most musical but they they're very keen to learn new skills so what we do is we we train them in how to lead a workshop Mm. so um over the course of a few months or an academic session they'll have training sessions with us and at the end of it we'll we'll take them into an environment where they get to lead aspects of of the workshop with apollo 5 mm. um, and it's it's a fantastic process to to watch and yes. to see them develop um and at the end of it come out with skills that they can actually apply in in other aspects of their lives later on definitely developing those transferable skills isn't it mm-hmm. and also it's i would imagine it's very good for the cv as well <laughs> absolutely it's it's it, I mean, it's it's all around. It's it's fantastic for confidence boosting. Yes. Um, and they have to work together with with each other, so they have to plan things. So, yes. Yeah, there's so many ways that that these skills can be used in other aspects of life. Mm. Do you do any of those team building games? Yeah, we do lots of fun <laughs> games. Uh, yes. Lots of lots there are of lots games. Lots of team games that yeah, I know. So. Absolutely, yeah. Lots of lots of things to get people working together and feeling confident and comfortable with each other. Yeah. yeah. 
I'd like to go back actually to the work with Fraser Alexander as well, who mm-hmm. I know have both written some new commissions for yeah. this album. So how did those um, collaborations come about and um, is commissioning new music, is that an important part of your work? Is that something that you sure. enjoy? I think it's really important not just um, to encourage people to sing, but also to encourage and support um, people who write music for people to sing yes. so that we can keep choral music alive. Very so much so. Um, collaborations with people like Alexander Levine and Fraser Wilson and Paul Smith, they're really important to because we we want to be we want to be creating new material yes. all the time. I mean, there's an, an incredible wealth of choral music repertoire in existence already, but you know, life is about creativity and and finding new things and and being able to work closely with composers is a kind of in a kind of symbiotic way is a is a really great creative process and mm. um so when we when we work with them on a, on a new composition or an arrangement um it's great for them to come and get to know us and yes. find out about the sound that we that we make and the individual voices uh, and you know the different qualities that they have it's really important for them to get to know us because what we want what we want to achieve at the end of it is something that really reflects Apollo 5 and it's not just kind of well it's a, that's a lovely piece isn't it it's very nice yeah. <laughs> but actually we, we want to create an Apollo 5 sound yeah. so yeah the process is, has been really enjoyable and um, they've been very sympathetic and yeah. created some lovely lovely material yes. for us we're very grateful yes and your blend as an ensemble is just so gorgeous sound that you all make together and you all blend so well. I guess you all must have worked really hard on getting that blend. That's very nice to hear, thank yeah. you. <laughs> yes, yeah, so we do work hard on it. And I, I mentioned earlier before that we have a small group of singers. Um, we we try to, to have the same group of singers wherever possible um, so so that we get to know one another. We get to know how each other sounds and actually almost even thinks yes. and, and breathes and yes. and how they explore learning a new piece of music so mm. yeah it's it's like it's like a small family unit <laughs> yes you must all know each other very well too I think so yeah we we do spend a lot of time touring around together so yes. you know there's a lot of spe- time spent rehearsing and but also kind of living together as well we, yes um yeah so you do get to know one another very very closely yes and are you very much involved in the creative process as well when you have new works commissioned Mm. oh yes we um well we do work very closely with um composers and arrangers um so there will be we sometimes get an initial draft Mm -hmm. and we'd we'd work on it um, in the Apollo 5 team and then we might have some notes for the composer and possibly so it's like adapt adaptations yes and um, so that it isn't is a, um, a process where we we are in discussion with the composer yes and did you always want to be a professional singer I think um, I've always enjoyed performing and I've always enjoyed singing as part of a, a choir or an ensemble and I think I developed a love of being in a very small ensemble um, through my school life and through university. I find it's really great to be in a small small team. 
I've never I've never wanted to be a soloist because I think that would be quite oh, it might be quite <laughs> a lonely existence. Um but I love being part of a team um and developing something together. Yes. That's very interesting that you say that you didn't want to be a mm. a soloist. So what was it particularly about the ensemble singing that you were more drawn to? I think it's that idea of support. Yeah. Um and in Apollo 5, because there are only five of us, we do have the opportunity to have our moment of solo. Yes, you do, and you hear that on the album too. So get we really like that idea of five individual soloists, as, as if you will, but actually making music together. So there, there is the opportunity to step out, but also this opportunity to create this blended sound, which we, yeah. which we have developed. Yeah. So it's the best of both worlds, really. Yeah. Was that you singing on the, was it the Scottish folk song? Was that you doing the song? The Dark Island, yes. yes. correct, yes. It was, yes. Oh, lovely. <laughs> That's lovely. a tune from my youth that I that I have always loved. Um, so and was I your actually, request. Yeah, it was my commission, yeah. Oh. Um, in fact, it was my aunt. I asked her, when we were preparing this for this album, um, I wanted to have some folk music on the album, and I was asking my family, "What's your favourite Scottish folk tune?" Mm-hmm. And my aunt, and she said, uh, "The Dark Island," uh-huh. which I think was initially a pipe tune. Um, yes, it sounds. It does sound. Yeah. Very, yes. Yeah, it's quite evocative. Northumbrian. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, I, I'm really pleased with that one. Yes. Also, a nice it's job. Great arrangement. Really beautiful. It is. Yeah. I also love the um the Pelotan as well that you mm. have on the album because it's so other worldly, other so worldly. ethereal. What's it like to to sing that music? It's not often performed. Also. I don't I've never heard it performed elsewhere. Um but it's quite freeing actually because yes. um I think it's one of the earliest forms of um polyphonic writing and mm. um, it it is a, a, quite a free melody, and we've actually approached it in a in a very free way. We've yes. we've um, used it as a kind of thread throughout the album. Um, yes, we've done it in, in three different ways, <laughs> yes. um, and it was really it was really nice to be able to do to do that with, with this beautiful melody, yes. um, to be able to have some creativity and and you know we were able to put our own stamp on it. So yeah, it's, it's, it was a beautiful find. Um, yes, nice piece to have ex- explored. So they were your arrangements then. Paratan wrote the initial uh, melody. Yes. So it was notated, um, and so that was uh, the first time it appears on the album. Is how it how it was notated oh, by Paratan. Okay. Yes. Um, we think he might have wrote that at in Notre Dame in Paris. So that was that was a straight kind of delivery of what he actually wrote. Yes. And then the second time, um, uh, Penny she she iterates the the tune, and I follow on in with in a sort of yes. echo fashion. Yes. Um, and we played around with kind of various ways of doing that. Yeah, I love that. Was really I love, fun. I love the way that you ornament the lines. It was just yeah, that's really fun lovely. actually. Yeah. And just exploring a different way to present it. And then the third time, we actually used a different verse, um, which reflects the human journey. Okay. Um, and that was done. Uh, Josh sang that, 
And we have a drone underneath. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, he really does. Amazing. <laughs> amazing. So we have a drone with that one. And then Penny is doing some ornaments. Yes. At various, at various moments. It's very effective, I think. Yes. And to record it in that acoustic <laughs> back there as well. I mean, you know, it must be one of those moments where you the hairs on the back of your oh, neck stand up and the Gresham Centre acoustic really does make things um easy. Yes, <laughs> as we just say, yeah. yes. <laughs> you know, you you kind of feel that you can create an atmosphere in there and so it really helps the recording process because it can be very stressful. So the Pelotan, did you discover that in a library? Did you discover it on the internet or um find it on the internet um but I think um one of the team had had heard it before and oh, uh, so okay. it was just I don't know I think it just captured us um it's quite as you say sort of otherworldly um just really glad we, we came across it mm. <laughs> and I hope you would approve with what we've done oh, to I it. Loved it I loved it yes <laughs> so how long did the preparations take for this album when did you start preparing and then the recording um, and I, and I guess say, just testing out the material yeah well. I would say the I suppose before we record it, it probably took about six months to okay to, we I think our approach is that we prefer to go into a recording session with the music really almost already in our body, so we, do you memorize we, we try to memorize everything yeah, just so that we that's can a big ask <laughs> yeah, well although we did use music in the actual recording process yes. if we are i feel if we're able to remove ourselves from the physical page yes we're able to i don't know deliver it a bit more you can focus on the the delivery of the text and the story you're trying to tell um a bit more freely perhaps Mm -hmm. will you be touring the album as well yeah we're really looking forward to the launch on the 31st um it's very exciting and we've got kind of a, a lot of dates already planned to to take the album material on tour um, dates in America and around Europe mm-hmm. um, for for the next twelve months. So yeah, we're very excited about it. And wow, getting to deliver it to new audiences. So how do you keep that material fresh so that you don't get bored of singing the same songs over and over again? Good question. Um, I think it helps when you when you're when you're arriving in a new venue. Um, the music is different in, in each venue, and we try to, if it's possible, we try to use a venue. So if we're in, we find ourselves, we find ourselves recently in an incredible church in Heidelberg with an incredible um, acoustic, um, and so we actually we performed various of the pieces at different parts of the the church um, to create. Oh, okay, so you yeah. use different. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, one of the, you know we we. We started very far away from the audience and then we yes. moved forward and then we then we, we um changed the focus to behind the audience and Oh that's so cool. And you can use sort of little chapel side chapels. Yes. And even uh, uh galleries above. Yes. So it's quite nice to give the audience uh, a different sound world throughout the course of the concert programme. And to also give them an experience as well yeah. that they probably won't ever Probably one of those once yeah. in a lifetime experiences that they encounter as listeners. And... Yeah. Apparently, the the Peritan uh, was composed to be part of a procession. <laughs> we have actually done it 
whilst walking, oh. which can be tricky. I um, can imagine, on, yes. Uh, <laughs> on even floors. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so where it's, where it's feasible, we, 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 can, we can do that in um, almost a sort of procession style. Um, but it's really fun to explore venues like that. Um, yes. Just always bearing in mind the, the audience's experience, really. Yeah. It's very important. And where has been your favourite venue to perform in? Gosh, that's a good question. Well, this uh, this church in Heidelberg, that was uh, Peter's Kirche, which was is the students' church in in Heidelberg, was was a real pleasure this this year so far. But we've we've enjoyed really very varied uh, venues. We performed in the Albert Hall, which was wow. quite a quite a <laughs> an experience. I imagine, yeah. yes. Felt yes. like ants on the stage. Yes, you look up into that vast cavern, don't you? And you think, how are you going to? Yeah, it's really, yes. it's really fun to yes. to do things like that. But also, uh, you know, intimate, more intimate settings are also really can be really enjoyable because you can really communicate with the audience and yes. create this. You know, and you can really stare into people's <laughs> eyes, can't you, and make I them feel awkward. People like people yes. really like being up close. They do. Um, yes. I don't think I would. I wouldn't. Sit, I wouldn't choose to sit in the front row. But oh. <laughs> it's really fun to get to 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 use uh, unusual situations like that. Being yes. around, that's fun. It's really fun. And I guess that also helps to keep you on your toes as well. And mm. as I was just saying, to keep yeah. the material fresh yeah. too. And if you can take it off the page, then you're, I think we feel we're able to be more reactive in that sense. Yeah. So we can go with the flow. And that's great fun for us. And we hope the audience as well. Do you do these um, big sing-alongs at the end where you get the whole audience <laughs> to sing along? <laughs> Sometimes, yeah, we we like to do we like to do that sometimes. Um, sometimes the festival will will request that we do some kind of sing along. Oh, so, okay, that's interesting. Yeah, it's really nice because um, different audiences in different places are or they react in different ways. Yes, and... I guess some are more up for it than others. Yeah, aren't that's they? true. Yes. That's true. But it's always fun when you get them to. I think they've kind of got they've come on a journey with you throughout the course of a concert, and they've kind of got to know you, and um, and hopefully by the end they feel comfortable enough to join in. And I think also if they're coming to a vocal recital as well, maybe there is almost a little bit of a hint that you might be expected <laughs> to do a little bit of singing. So yes, <laughs> yes, there's always that. Yeah, they, you know, think. In the in the in the firing firing line, you know. Yes, you've set yourself up for this. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, it's been a real pleasure to talk to you, Claire. Thank you. And thank you so much for your time. Thank You're you. Welcome. Thank you so much for listening to the Talking Classical podcast. I really hope that you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget that you can subscribe to the Talking Classical podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify, where you can catch up with all of the previous episodes and you'll receive a notification every time a new episode is released. You can also follow the Talking Classical podcast on Twitter, on the Talking Classical blog and on Facebook and YouTube where you can find sneak previews of every episode. Many thanks for listening once again. I hope that you'll be able to join me for the next episode very soon.